Okay, Sina. Um, I needed somebody to talk to about this. And hello. So you're my guy. I'm your therapist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you you need to be the therapist for this entire uh, society known as Canada because it has <laughs> lost its collective mind. <laughs> oh, okay. I have a I have a statement to that. Okay. I have a statement to your article, but keep going. Okay. Keep going. Why are we here? Wait, you're on, I'm on your show. You're on my show because. But can I post this on my channel? Of course. You I, I you are I need we need we need I need the Canadian media class to listen very carefully. Uh, this is okay. So the reason I have the reason we are gathered here today, Sina. The reason you conscripted the, <laughs> the reason, reason you conscripted me into an episode. <laughs> I have a sub stack now, and I I wanted I have this relationship with this uh, thing that's ca called the International Media Institute. I think Independent Media Institute, and they'll send around an article, but it has to be a thousand words or less, you know, and it has to have a kind of global relevance. And so this story is too Canada focused and too long. And I thought about trying to explain this to someone who's not steeped in Canadian media, and it's pretty much incomprehensible. So I just thought, okay, a 3,000 word newsletter <laughs> with, the, with the corruption of the Canadian media and electoral system uh, to explain basically a scandal that is, that is, it's, I don't know if it reaches the level of a scandal yet, but they really, really want it to be a scandal. So there's somebody in CSIS who's giving top secret information. What's CSIS in case people don't oh, know? Oh, sorry, the Canadian Security and Intelligence Service, the equivalent of the CIA for Canada. And, you know, like if the CIA is like actually a bumbling I mean, I don't believe that they're a bumbling. I don't believe our op op opponents are bumbling idiots. But you know, if you ever if you prescribe to that theory, then Canada is that much more bumbling than the CIA. So they have. Um, but I don't. Uh, anyway, that's not my that's not my analysis. But uh, so the Canadian C spy agency has been giving leaked secret information about Chinese interference in the Canadian election. Uh, and so what's happened is all these Chinese Canadian politicians are now under the microscope, the way Chinese Canadian scientists have been under the microscope. And the microscope is, are you, is, do you have dual loyalty? Are you really loyal secretly to China or are you actually loyal to, uh, this Canadian state? So it's, it started in February. This CSIS leaker has been leaking to uh, these two reporters, Fife and Chase, and Fife and Chase have been publishing in the Globe and Mail, and then it just boom, goes out from there, right? Because CTV, Global News, they all pick it up. It's in Parliament. They're debating it in Parliament. They're commentating on it on all the channels. So that's what everybody's talking about is Chinese interference in the Canadian electoral, in the integrity of the Canadian electoral system. Canadians are so lame that they can't even come up with their own like scandals that they have to copy American scandals and put a slight change on them. So they were like, okay, they did Russia gate for a while. Let's do China gate. Yes. Except let's mix it because it's, well, let's mix it with, because in, in with Russia gate, there weren't that, that many, Shake there this. actually, it wasn't the, 
they're the like local the like local russian population of the u.s is pretty mm -hmm. small like mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean i guess same the diaspora here. population is pretty big yeah. but no but yeah same here but in terms of uh, whereas in china whereas the chinese canadians is much older yeah i would i feel than Absolutely. the russian slash american the russian american community it's much old much mm -hmm. older the chinese canadian because it's been here since pre-canada because yeah. they were here as conscripted labor yeah so they were like part of the colonization process mm -hmm. and that's when china was china was you know underneath the during the century of humiliation you know mm -hmm. we all know that story partly from your podcast but <laughs> at the same time so we couldn't even come up with that but even then we it's clearly what's happened is that since we are a satellite of the u.s since we do copy everything mm -hmm. the u.s does now that the u.s has gone full steam ahead mm -hmm. with all with all of its hybrid warriors on China. <laughs> yes. It's time it's now time for the little like millhouse of the world, aka Canada, <laughs> to show up and say, My mom says I'm cool. We have to like, do it. We have to do the same thing. Just the most pathetic, fake, just wannabe. Yeah. So that's that's what I feel is happening. I mean, yeah. it's obviously that's obviously what is happening. Well, I mean, uh, we can take it back to the war on terror when uh the u.s had the fbi entrapping all over the u.s they were entrapping these young muslim youths and they were getting them to you know catching them in conversations about doing terrorist type things and then they would nail them and they would say we, we unroll we un we foil the terror plot and we dump these people in jail in guantanamo whatever and canada had their own version of that too the toronto 18 they were called um, and you know, it's now 20 something years or close to 15 some years later. And some of them are coming out of jail. I just saw a story and it was, so yeah, it's the same thing. It's like there, there was a war on terror thing that America was doing. So Canada had to do it. Now there's a Sinophobia thing that America's doing and Canada has to do it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty obvious. And on top of that too, there's a, there's also, I mean, I did, I did want to push back on something like yeah, the please. thesis is. The thesis is multiculturalism is over in Canada. Yeah, and I thought I'd you're make talking. A big, I thought I'd make try to make a big claim, you know? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> but the thing is, is that like the like the the thing is that you're you're positing a break yeah. in something that that's like this is a repeated process, as you point out in the article that like mm -hmm. that that the the needs of like the geopolitical outside world, mm -hmm. like outside like outside of Canada, they can inflect into mm -hmm. into the sort of domestic policy so case in point like you know why like you know this is this is japanese internment right yes. like a bunch of people who have no relation <laughs> to anything going on yeah. between these two countries are suddenly conscripted into this race panic yeah. essentially and yeah. forced to live in and i actually have an episode coming on um on this by somebody who was raised in who was raised in internment, mm. uh, born wow. and raised in internment. Yeah. Wow. So he's a he's a he's a father of a close a close friend of mine. So yeah, that it's it's interesting. So I wondered about like Justin, is multiculturalism over or is it just it's doing just fine? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I mean I think it's doing just fine. This is exactly how it's supposed to work. Okay, so here's how here's how it works. Because <laughs> I because <laughs> I said I said my analysis of multiculturalism is as follows: There's basically some kind of progressive in the good and bad sense, uh, where you know you're it's 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 an alternative to the idea that we're that Canada is a global Britain outpost, which is what it was 
pre-multiculturalism. Pre-multiculturalism, it's like an Englishman sets foot anywhere in the world and that part of the world is England and they have the same rights everywhere and they settle and they colonize and they take what they want and that's Canada. That's what Canada is, that's what Australia is, New Zealand, South Africa, uh, etc. So that's, that's pre-multicultural. So multicultural Canada is uh, people from Asia, Latin America can also become Canadian. And so Canada is, it, it, so there's still this contradiction between like, it wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for English, if it wasn't an English settler colony. But on the other hand, it is now something else because Indians and Chinese people and people from these places can, can become Canadian. Now, here's the thing. Why did they do that? <laughs> you know, they did that partly to fight a demographic war against native people here. That's, you know, it's it's the it's the problem that Israel has, which is like they can't get enough settlers to swamp the the indigenous population and it's, you know, Canada's solution is to bring people from all over the world uh to be part of this Canada as opposed to you know what the indigenous population which is growing faster than every other demographic in canada and they would eventually like in latin america and everywhere else catch up and you know in it would take a while <laughs> but if canada were not actively trying to bring people in from all over the world it would be a lot shorter uh of, of a process for people for the for the indigenous people to reclaim for the first nations to reclaim physically their land, which is what is happening, which is what is going to happen <laughs> in Canada. Uh, but, you know, multiculturalism is like partly a weapon against that um, and partly an imperial weapon where you weaponize diasporas against their home country. So you have Venezuelans that are anti-Chavez. Of course, you have Ukrainians that are anti-Russia. You have, um, you know, and they were anti-Soviet Union, importantly, when uh, the Soviet Union existed. You have, you know, Cubans. You have uh, Chinese who hate the Chi the Chinese Communist Party of China. Uh, you have all these different diasporas that have, a, you know, the the leaders of these diasporas have specific politics that serve that are aligned with the U.S. Canada Five Eyes um, foreign policy agenda. So that's what yeah, multiculturalism yeah. is. So now, yeah. is that under threat? Yeah, maybe. It might be. Because, um, especially with regards to China, you know, China is so interesting because for Canada to, I mean, obviously, Canada strategically, Canadian, Canada's elites are looking at this and saying, okay, well, if, can, if the U.S. and China are going to clash, we got to go with the U.S. They're, they're close. Everything is integrated with them. Everything. There's no chance of is that even a question? Yeah, yeah is that even a, even a question? That's not a question. On the other hand, there are a lot of connections <laughs> and a lot of dependence that Canada has on China that ca Canadians have not. I don't think fully wrapped their heads around. Canadian universities depend on foreign students from China. Canadian, um, Canadian, um, can Canadian way of life Canadian re like stuff. requires Chinese labor. Yeah, <laughs> requires yeah, like Chinese labor. Their entire world, yeah, yeah, is our workshop like that. <laughs> yeah, so other way around, our entire world so is their it's, workshop. It's, yeah. it, it, we haven't entirely come to grips with the fact 
fact that uh, that China is like Canada also needs China, um, and uh, sh- way more the other way around. I Canada Canada is a complete irrelevance to China, yeah. <laughs> complete and utter irrelevance. So there's, the, I mean, the whole my story that I that I write in this newsletter starts with the scientific, um, you know. Canada should stop collaborating with scientific researchers uh, in China, as if Chinese research is not going to be affected by this at all, at all. Um, So what's the- It's all performative. It's performative. There's a performative element to all this. Yeah. Is that, so there's, there's several things. Okay. So on the one hand, let's talk a little, let's, 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 Let's start with the back. Let's start with the back end of this historical end. Okay. Multiculturalism as an idea, I think, there's, I did an I did an episode with Nick Estes about I think mm. a year and a half ago mm-hmm. on the Statue of Liberty oh, and the fetishization yeah. of the Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. and how it and and behind that the sort of the idea that um, immigration is a kind of panacea to white supremacy mm-hmm. is that this kind of like mm-hmm. race war thinking exactly. that well if you just if you just like you know like Edward the Longshanks yeah. in, in the problem with Scotland is that it's, it's full, full of, of Scots. Scots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, that approach to it is that oh somehow this thing called immigration and immigrants, mm-hmm. which of course which is a vague term, yeah, um, which is never specified, what we just assume to be people who are not white, which is false, yeah, um, not always false, but like that's a, that's a false sort of like correlation to make, um, but like that that is that the thinking behind that is that that's somehow you've diluted white supremacy, whereas like. In reality, the fact is, is that like as old as the colonization of this country is, it was a multicultural project. It was mm-hmm. it was Europeans. It was it was English people, Scots, Irish, Welsh, uh, French, you know, Germans, Poles, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like that. This and it's and it's a slowly expanding project, too, where they fight over, you know, where they have quarrels. But ultimately, like there was an alliance of multiple of multiple cultures mm-hmm. in in this process some of it was indentured labor some of it was brought to you by you know the indentured labor force of chinese people mm-hmm. who were scattered across the globe because their country was you know in shatters and so like ultimately there is that question of like there's the sort of marxist economic question of like mm-hmm. countries need labor to grow yeah and countries like canada need skilled labor but they also need um, the idea of like skilled labor, which is like another thing altogether. But like, let's say a certain class of immigrants that are that are rapidly mm-hmm. sort of like allowed or rapidly sort of like recruited into the country. Mm-hmm. So if you score, I mean, that's how my family got into the country. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> was yeah. that you know, doctor, points. doctors and dentists points, right? And so yeah. like your value to society is measured in this kind of scientific equation. However, there's also something else too is that as much as this person brings over their labor skills like their wage laboring abilities or like labor skills, whatever, you are also coming to support an economic process. So all those families come and buy condos and they get Ikea furniture and they buy clothes from Amazon and they go to Shoppers Drug Mart. So like this is an economic system that begins with immigration, but it's ultimately recruitment into an an economic reality of, we want to suck up as much capital as possible in and if that takes if that means you know if that means building 50,000 condos in the middle of this den, already densely over like dense population like who cares that's where people want to go so like 
the model of Canada's economic growth, aside from extractivism, because mm-hmm. we know what Canada is, is that, okay, you take extractivism <laughs> and then you add a huge influx of, of capital in the form of people and also money, uh, then and then you just add it up and then just repeat right and yeah. that's the canadian economic model like that's that's all we have what we sell what we sell do we sell something here no we <laughs> but, don't but i like, want to uh i also you know i'm all i you and i we've gotten long past the point where ex- we we believe that exposing hypocrisy is gonna do something political but the hypocrisy is <laughs> it's, it's really something. What's new? So, What's new? But yeah. it's really What's something new? here. So the, there's there there was the suggestion that okay, so if the if the Chinese consulates are really doing this, which CSIS believes they're doing, and they're really giving students money to bus students, or paying for buses to bus students into districts where they vote, or paying seniors. The stupidest vote. fucking shit in the world. I've ignored. I've ignored all of this. I don't watch Canadian news. I don't look at Canadian. So I'm actually. I had never heard of any of this okay. before you told me. If this I, is before true. I read your like, this is the funniest thing in the world. This is Canada is so pathetic. They can't even come up with their own scandals. If this is we have true. to borrow the scandals of the U.S. But if this is Just all pathetic. true, right? Obviously, what they have to do is expel the Chinese diplomats. They have to expel them. But you know what the problem is? The problem is if we expel them, then yeah, they'll what? expel Canada's <laughs> diplomats, and then we won't have eyes and ears on the ground yeah. in China. That's what the foreign minister said. So it's like, imagine the the horrible situation Canada is in. They have to conti- They need to be there to continue interfering. But then if they if if they let the Chinese stay, they're gonna interfere. It's horrible. And then the other split screen, <laughs> the other split screen thing that I love about this story is the Israel thing. Like the Israel thing, like like they are literally right now while this story is breaking and all over Canada and all the people are pundits are solemnly debating like there should be an inquiry, you know. We do need to know whether these God. politicians are Such really loyal or not, loser. right? And then at the same time they're like has this politician, you know, in Hamilton Center, this black woman, has she uh, oh apologized God, yeah. for her uh, comments critical of Israel? Which, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, are are they loyal enough to this foreign state? Are they loyal? Are they yeah. are they against this other foreign state? And it's just, and it's perfectly consistent, you know, it's perfectly consistent in a way. But like, if you believe in the theory that. You know that they're presenting that Canada has some kind of sovereignty uh, that needs to be protected against all enemies, foreign and domestic. <laughs> to you, to borrow yeah. a phrase from America. Yeah, yeah. no, that's. You, know? that, I mean, you say that in the article. You're like, replace is replace the yeah. word China with Israel and uh, see what happens. Watch everyone's that's, yeah. heads explode. No, that's it. I mean, this is. I mean, so the thing is, is that like it's interesting. The macro. I mean, fuck this stupid scandal, whatever. But like. The, that like the, we are now in this era of like hyper hyper xenophobic yeah like i like and 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 i i don't see it ever changing and if anything it's just mm. going to get worse especially as like de-dollarization rapidly mm. rapidly continues and our way our quality of life drops the yeah. cost of our lives will go up as the cost as like the value of a dollar goes down mm-hmm. because we're still 
Whereas now we're we're trapped in the economic problems that the global south has been sucked in, which is yeah the global the this this weak this weak unit of exchange against a stronger unit of exchange, and so you're in this you're in this double blind, like right you have to you have to serve your master, you serve this economic master, aka the U.S. Uh, and but at the same time that economic master master is falling quite rapidly too. I mean it's. Yeah. It's it's fall it's fall is very very rapid and the fact that they're triggering so many wars that they're saber rattling on Taiwan that they're flying B fifty two planes yeah. like nuclear capable B fifty two planes to like the outskirts of Russian like like it's crazy like this is we are we are run like we are living under the reign of I say this a lot and it's true meth head freaks. <laughs> <laughs> who would who would rather see the world destroyed yeah. Yeah. than just let other people live in it and and live according to another world system so here's a couple of things that i kind of speculate in the article one is uh that CSIS is CSIS is leaking this stuff partly to kind of discipline the parliament the parliamentary government in some way like uh they're trying to show you know, if you if you ever were to try to bring CSIS under control of Parliament, then we can hurt you. So like Trudeau at one point was like, you're not allowed to leak top secret information to the newspaper, actually. And then they had another leak where they were like, well, CSIS also told us that uh, the yeah. China donated to your Trudeau Foundation. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, yeah, that's true. It's that's, like, that fuckery was interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, it, right? It this reminds gets... you that there is a deep state in yeah. Canada. Yeah. You know, I was thinking today, like, what was the what was the vote tally in the Quebecois referendum of the nineties? It was like the difference was yeah. the difference was like three thousand or something, yeah, three thousand, thirty thousand, not even thirty thousand, like three. Yeah, it was um, it was not like, 5149. Like, did CSIS did, did just sit there and be like, gee, I wonder if the country's breaking up? No, like 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 did they just not. sit there? Like so like so you have to wonder, like, what does it exist for? Like what does mm -hmm. it what is its purpose? Like, is it just about entrapping like 20 year old brown men? Like it has to be better than that. And really that's the RCMP's job anyways. Uh, that's, not, think, that's not their work. I mean, I think they answer directly to the US. So I think this is, I mean, this is part of, you know, like like people, Five when, lies, when yeah. they kidnapped um, Meng Wanzhou, right? Another story that I covered a lot, uh, you know, this executive, this Chinese executive and the most important, you know, corporation that China has. And they kidnapped her and they said she was breaking sanctions on Iran, actually. Yeah. Uh, and so Canada didn't have sanctions on her. It was a legal case, but it was basically like the Americans told them to pick her up and they did. Yeah. And some Canadian pundits were like, why didn't they just say they missed her? Why didn't they just say like, oh, we would have caught her, but we were too slow or whatever. But it's like the people that grabbed her were presumably under operational command of the US, I assume, you know, I assume it was like the Americans were there and they were like, go get her. She's right there. So you couldn't really fool them and be like, oh, no, we missed our chance or whatever. So it's just like and, and then that's the other the other thing about this, like top secret information is like you, you have to think about like, why is you know, there there actually is a legitimate reason some of this information should be top secret is because it's low quality. Like, imagine like if you're Cuban intelligence or if you're like if you're at if you're at the intelligence service of a country that's under genuine threat to sovereignty. 
you have to produce reports that are like not going to be valid in a court of law. You might just be like, look, I kind of think this guy's working for the Americans, or I kind of think this person's working for the, like if Canada was really worried, it's like, look, I kind of think these guys are, are maybe working with the Chinese. Okay. But like, you can't bring that out in public unless you actually have some information, unless you actually have some evidence. So there's this, there some Canadian intelligence people were like, listen, this is not, this is not, this doesn't meet any standards of evidence. This is just, intelli intelligence is a different thing. But of course, the Globe and Mail and these two reporters are just like, ceases yeah, well, believes, ceases believes. Well, this is the ah. key. This is the key. Like this is, see that all of this is just, it, this is the um, the mechanics of the scandal mongering press, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that exactly like that we have, uh, and you point this out in the article is that Canadians have live under this reign, like information reign mm -hmm. of this, like this cartel, yeah, right? This like Absolute. small cartel of, of cartel. six companies. Yeah. And, uh, and they and they're the ones who dictate, at least according to the official news. Yeah. Like if you sit by and like you know the kind of Canadian produced news, if that's what you read, yeah. like this is made by a tiny group of people. Exactly. So ultimately, like the need, there's 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 two sort of there's there's two um, concentric circles because there's like the need for ratings yeah. or readership or in this in the modern sense clicks, <laughs> um, and then. Then you and that's and that's the job of culture jihad. Yes. Uh, right. Right. Wait, yeah. And culture jihad can take the form of geopolitics, like spilling into the cultural sphere. So, exactly. like, are our police stations infiltrated by Chinese? Like, <laughs> like that was like a whole thing, I didn't right? Even touch so, like, the, the right, thing. the yeah. right wing, the right wing principally are the standard bearers of like the anti-China. Yeah. Like that's their, mm. and actually they that's that's kind of why the the like the right wing the part of the right in this crappy country and also in the US, the much larger crappy country uh, south of us. That's why the right wing is generally, genuine, like generally in some places, uh, you know, more pro-Russia than yeah. say pro-Ukraine. However, that doesn't mean they're anti-war. Yeah. They're just like fight the real war, which is China, which yeah. incidentally is also the position of John Mearsheimer, but uh, John Mearsheimer, like the realist. So like this idea that, so like, so what's interesting is that you have you have on the one hand like the culture jihad and the need for clicks, and then you also have like on the other hand like just are the machinery of the media itself, which is scandal mongering yeah. and using unnamed sources to then further the scandal, and then their own sources pick up on it, which is why the like well, wag the dog is so good. Yeah, actually, the movie. Yeah, uh, it's so it's so actually, and, and a crappier version of it is called is a James Bond movie. Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, yeah. With with what's too. his name? I forget the actor's name. L, like the guy, I can't remember. But he plays a kind of like TN CNN figure, yeah. like Ted Turner figure, who's actually evil. I mean, like I mean Ted Turner is also whatever. Like theological categories. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But like. So the whole thing is that like he's like oh I want I want news radio I want books I want television and yeah. he just kind of and it's like and that's how they can do it they can they yep. can just set their little their little ferrets on it they're like twenty year old they're twenty year old squad of goons yep. and they just like make content like content I know this you know this content is not hard to make we yep. decided six hours ago we were gonna make content <laughs> and here we are here like we this are. is not hard yeah right and yeah. like we're just like we're boobs right so imagine if you have this entire yeah like thousand person apparatus that can put yeah. together all of these like clips and here's the thing and then like 
And then on top of that, it's not that hard. You watch CP24, our illustrious news channel, which yeah. is always on at like a whatever dental office, doctor's office. It's like the same six newsberries on the repeat. Exactly, exactly. Followed by commercials. Exactly. Like people, TV doesn't exist. It's just an excuse for commercials. And yeah. this is the stuff that keeps people watching until the next set of... And, you know, Globe and Mail is owned by a corporation that also owns the TV, that also owns the news, that also, you know, so, so when they put something on one channel, they can quote it on the other. They can... They can talk about it as if it broke, you know, as if it isn't the same corporation. And then they start getting the two uh, two or three other corporations have to follow. And then it becomes, yeah, like it looks See, that really question big. is, why do they have to follow? This is the question. Do they follow simply out of professional courtesy, out of some kind of thing? Or, or is there something more curated than we realize? Oh, and yeah. that's the question. Obviously, it's something more curated. <laughs> like spoiler, I, spoiler alert! <laughs> oh God, my like the one example that I always go to is the the one day long hype over something called the ridiculously good looking Syrian rebel, mm-hmm. where the meme, mm-hmm. an actual just dumb meme, mm-hmm. got turned into a story, like a news story, where several articles, one of them being published in foreign affairs Mm -hmm. all were published around the same few days i refuse to believe Mm -hmm. there wasn't some sort of tender given out to various writers to say if you hear write about this this is a topic you can write about so like it's not hard to curate stories it's not hard especially when you have small like a certain number of companies doing it they're willing to lose money on this right like all these the newspapers the media companies generally they don't make a lot of money they're they're they depend on subsidies they depend on uh you know monopoly uh monopolies that that are they're granted by governments over bandwidth and so on and and they lose money but it's worth it because this is how they exert um this is how they feed the stories that they want people to pay attention to. You're, you're muted. You're muted. I think, Sina. I guess the question is like, what is the value of the insides of our heads? Like, we're just mm-hmm. we're just cattle to them. I don't know. I, I don't know. I I, val- I vacillate between they don't think much of us. No. And and they are obsessed with what we think. I think I mean, both. both could be yeah. true. <laughs> both, both can be true. <laughs> <laughs> I think yes. The answer to that is yes. I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, they they need they don't day to day. It doesn't matter much, but but preventing people from understanding what, especially what, how much power they have, uh, you know, is is absolutely the the reason they do all it's also a matter of like putting the right pieces in the right places and Mm -hmm. getting like you have the right sort of like righteous sorry i'm charging my doodle this is very distracting um i have to charge things at all times but like it's right about like you have the right reactionary voice in the right circumstances then they and and they just like take these things and run with it like a you know like dog with a bone like like that's yeah. it. Like that's that's and, what and, they do. That's like the job said, of these morons. And like you said, it's like it's not hard to make content. And it's like I I'm here. I put this together. I called you. You know, you're you're here. 
And it's like, it's not that many more people at yeah. that, that's yeah. doing this. There's there's the guy, yeah. there's Fife, there's Chase, there's their CSIS leaker. And they, they needed like a Microsoft Word document between yeah. the two of them whoever, to like come up with this you know, like, whoever It's is, not hard. There's yeah. the guy in CSIS, there's the two of them, and then there's, you know, the, their giant distribution apparatus. And that's the thing, the brand, distrib- the brand power yeah. of these news stories is what carries them. Yeah. Right. It's because any crank can make up anything they want. It's called Twitter. Like, <laughs> like they could just make it up, oh, but it doesn't should. have it doesn't have the branding yeah. of say like Globe and Mail, like yeah. McLean's. You know, like this is the store. Like we, the the nature of our media sphere is such that you have a proliferation of media organs, media brands, right, and who multiply every day. Many of them disappear in a day, but ultimately, like they multiply, and yet they're owned by the same six companies and they're manned or personed by, by like the same small group of people who represent an ideological range, which is very, very small, which is like, center right to far right yeah which you is know, like, which is the like, why like it. the ndp guy also took tiktok off his phone to show his patriotism oh, God, yeah right? that's their new job yeah they're just they're, it's like, just so pathetic these people yeah. these people are are watching the actual power that we like yeah. suck on its teat <laughs> like the u.s we're watching those we're watching the milk go sour and we're panicking and people are like oh my god oh my god let's gin up a bunch of stories about you know these unloyal these unloyal asians who need to be you know and so like that's this is just gonna be it it's gonna be like this forever man what do you like about the future it's gonna be like so it's gonna be yeah so i guess we should we can we can uh we can probably have this be the last topic which is like where i see this going or where i what i worry about is if this is an intent, if this is, if they do succeed and make this into a big national scandal where there's an inquiry and like every Chinese Canadian has to then answer for their, what their connections I are. I don't think they will. I think the Chinese can, because remember, remember when we got Wang, we got the, the Wang, Ming, oh, what's her last Meng, name? Meng Wanzhou. Yeah. Meng Wanzhou. She, they got two Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, the Chinese will just return the favor. And this is what this is what they this is what the Iranians do. This is what Russians yeah. do. Like it's not hard to play these games. Right. So if you like want to take somebody hostage, like okay, but, you're gonna but, take but you're gonna take the hostage, daughter of Huawei right? Hodge. Short of hostage. hostage. Like they took her hostage, so they took so the Chinese did the same. And they got them back. Like like it, that's this is the system that they want, like the juvenile system, but it's all just like, I don't know. I feel I think I, what they're like, gonna, so for instance the yeah. expelling diplomats for instance yeah, they tried to do that with the IRGC stuff mm-hmm. they tried to get the IRGC or they tried to expel the diplomats and they were like we can't do that with Iran right even with Iran they couldn't do it us a lowly old Iran but who isn't a major player what I see they is weren't more able like, to do it because they need they yeah. need those they can't afford to have it happen to them what I see is more like if you're if you're a Chinese Canadian politician you could be like put on some televised, you know, inquiry, you know, some parliamentary inquiry and and asked over and over again about like, why, why did you meet with the consul? Why did you go to this party? Why did you do this? And, uh, and that's not something like the China can do, right? There's no Canadian Chinese, uh, (laughs) you know, politicians that can be punished for, for that. Um, 
right? And China would. And they have don't to... do that. They don't have that system anyways, where yeah. that's rewarded. And China it's a, would. It's have only to... our stupid system. Yeah, China would have like... to be like, we don't have anything to do with these people. You know, if they if they've done something wrong, they should be punished. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's going to be China's position, right? So it's not going to be like again. China is going to be fine <laughs> from all. Yeah, this. this is all for us. This <laughs> right? is all just domestic consumption. So, so the problem is jihad. like, is is there? You know, are we re? For me, it's like, are we reintroducing? Introducing official anti-Chinese racism into, you know, into the public culture of Canada in a way that we haven't seen. And that, you know, I think I worry about that because, you know, it's, it's, it's bad. And, and See, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I actually, I'll tell you what, like, I don't worry about it in a sense because mm. I feel that China is such an overpowering force and the fact that there are so many like the chinese canadian community is so large it's diverse mm -hmm. and that it's it's got massive grocery stores massive networks <laughs> yeah. of like massive networks of like like apartments there's construction like it's not yeah. you know like there's a lot of chinese canadians yeah. in this country and they're not going to be they're not going to like take it as much as iranians do the way they kick us around because we're smaller, there's fewer of us, and a lot and a lot of Iranians here. I would imagine most, and not most of them, but a ton of them enjoy, like, agree with the policies of the regime change policies. So, yeah. like, there is a, you know, the localization of that sort of anti anti country sentiment. It's different here, whereas mm -hmm. Chinese people, on the whole, the diaspora as well, genuinely or genuine generally support their government in China and. Well, I mean, here there's the filter. There's the Hong Kong filter, right? A yeah. lot of Chinese no, with people, with exceptions, yeah, yeah with with with, with the Kong. sizable, with with I'm sure sizable exceptions. Not, but yeah. on, on the whole, I would say that it would it's harder to kick the Chinese community around, the Chinese Canadian community around. I I as much as we think these media organs have power, all they can do is bark in some ways. Mm. Like, what can they do? Like, a lot of times these. These pro these like official inquiries are also like they find some scapegoat and they just like take it out on them and and people yeah. move on like the nature of our our news cycle is so short and like ADD runs so strong that they'll like find a new thing now mind you it, there will be a through line of xenophobia yeah I do think that we're we're in this moment of xenophobia and like yeah. I mean think of how long they ran with the Xinjiang stuff yeah I mean they ran for years with the Xinjiang stuff. And that's, it's weird that, that that's not here anywhere. I guess there is. They there are. They did quote some Uyghur activists in, in yeah, the story. Yeah, we're just saying, forgettable yeah. bunch. But like, it's we just have to get used to it. And and but it's also good to ignore it. I mean, I feel mm. I feel like your. I mean, I feel like there's a certain generation of people. I think that <laughs> that highly that like find the representation in mainstream media to be something that profoundly sort of propels them yeah. into or like not propels them, but helps frame their own arguments mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. in the sense, and, I, and I'm not saying that's you, but in the sense that like, it gives you, it gives you a kind of, it gives you a kind of, of, of um, a kind of terrain to explore because you're like, oh, mainstream, the mainstream. Yeah. And it also gives you something to sort of balance your opinions on. It's also academia too. Yeah. Like, oh, there's this dominant thinking mm -hmm. in, around this, this topic. I challenge this dominant thinking. Like this is this yeah. is just how like this is this format that we've developed. Yeah. However, like I think that like we that like this business of trying 
to constantly gin up some crisis mm -hmm. to justify the hostility to China at the geopolitical level. That's where ultimately, anywhere. like, that they can't maneuver that much. Like, they tried, like, even, 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 even that with all that business of like the two of the hostages, right? Like, the two Michaels had to had to serve in prison while they had to do that. Mm -hmm. So, like. The, I don't think that the Canadian government can do very much. And I think that the job of the media is to make it seem like mm. they can. Now, I could be wrong. I could totally be yeah. wrong. And they could totally be doing this. And But I, I think our country is just far too fucked to like really... <laughs> like we have so many other problems, man. Yeah. Like how long, yeah. how long can they feed this to the chuds of this country? Like anti-China sentiment? I mean, probably a long fucking time. What am I saying? Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I like that. I, I think that's a good thought to end on because it's a little different from the way that I'm. I I was thinking about it, and it's almost optimistic in a in a in a way, which is you know why I'm glad I called you. It's it's a sign <laughs> of it's a sign of panic and weakness yeah. to like constantly harp on like a crisis, right? Like, there's a great book by like Stuart Hall and. The guys from like the 50s and 60s is called Policing the Crisis. Mm -hmm. And it was a kind of foundational work of modern cultural studies. Um, and Stuart Hall, rest in peace, like a glorious um, uh, sociologist. He was, and he, they kind of studied this thing of stabbings. There was mm -hmm. this like yeah. spate of stabbings in like the 60s or something. Mm -hmm. And like there was, there was this, there was this intense, intense news fixation, yeah. right? Now, back then you're talking about a much larger print sphere, print sphere, like where people mm -hmm. relied on print and say radio mm -hmm. and to the early degrees television, but that's too early back then, I think. But like the media monopoly was much firmer, but it was bigger, right? And so you did have, you did have a kind of like diversity. I don't know about political diversity, but ultimately you had different voices. In our era, you have small, like, but those, but in that area, you had small reach, right? Like mm -hmm. the physical, the physical print of a document mm -hmm. is as far as it, as far as you could take it is as far as you could go. Mm -hmm. Here, you can make up anything and it will reach the far corners if if like the organs of repetition get in on the action. So CBC, CTV, whatever, right? Yeah. So like how that machine works is a, is a mystery to us because we're just chuds outside of it. But like, it's not hard to see them work. However, it just ends. It ends, it ends in some echo it. chamber. Yeah. Like it just goes, like it just goes somewhere and that's it. I don't know. That's I, I. I feel. I feel like it's just. It's just pathetic after the fact. Dealing. It's just cope. Like it's copium. Copium. You know the meme. It's pure copium. It's a copium war. It's a copium war with China because they can't. They can't handle the fact that China is is passing us by, and they already have. They passed not just us, yeah. but our great masters to the south. Yeah. They passed them by. They say, see you, buddy. We're done. <laughs> we're done. We tried working with you. We yeah. learned our lesson. And now we're going to kick the ladder from underneath you called the dollar. Yeah. And you're, and you're going to fall. And like suddenly, like our lives, like our lives have already taken a shitty turn. Like flour used to be like $4.99 for like a kilogram mm. or something. It's $8.99, bro. <laughs> like it's $8.99. Like that's a massive crisis. And here we are talking about Chinese influence. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. We live in hell. Well, that was a little less optimistic, but I think we can, <laughs> we can end it there. Thank we you, live Stephen. in hell that we have to listen to these people. Oh my God, it's awful. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you subject yourself. Like, do you read the globe every day? No, no, it's an intense, it, I do it like a research project every once in a oh, while. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. 
That's, uh, that's so I'm because if you subjected yourself to that, you'd have you'd have some sort of like brain tumor. I'm done for a while. So yeah, let's let's get this out. Let's let's get this done. Thank you, Cena. Yay! Thank you, Justin. Thank you for the invite to your show. Smell you later. Press stop.